Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com,、uh, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm a Twitter fan on Instagram and、uh, well, elsewhere. <laughs> and、uh, this is, I, I think, I think it's 74. But、uh, yeah, it, it is episode 74.、Um, Let's go with it's that. Always yeah, yeah ha- harder and harder to keep track of which episode it is. But it is 75, I just checked. And,、um, and yeah, it's, it's the first podcast that we're doing since moving to the new schedule. So、uh, feeling a bit rusty, but <laughs> it is what it is.、Yeah. Um, actually, I think it, it's interesting because January, I feel like usually it's, it's pretty slow in the pen world. Um, not too many things. In the West,、uh, people just emptied their wallets buying,、um, buying Christmas presents. Whereas in China, people just refilled their wallets with、uh, Chinese New Year. So they, got, they received money. So、oh, yeah, in China,、yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a big spending time. But what is the,、like、the cutoff age when, when, you, when you have to start spending rather than receiving the envelopes?、Uh, it's when you get married.、Uh, okay. Yeah, so once you get married, you gotta, you gotta start giving. You, you don't get anymore. So it's a sad reality of life. But that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I guess in Japan we have Otosetama. That's true. It is a thing, of course, but I, don't, I get the impression that it's not quite as strong a tradition as the,、uh, the, the spring festival. Maybe, maybe kids get it here more. But,、um, but in China, it's like, you know, it's, it's a huge thing. There's like ceremony. And. Um, you have to say like specific words in order to receive this,、uh, this money.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, every year is associated with a different animal according to the kind of you know, Chinese version of the zodiac.、Sure. And so every year you have to say these,、um, these phrases according to which animal year it is.、Um, but as you can imagine, these years they only come once every 12 years, right? So it's, it's Insane, it's impossible to remember all of them. So,、sure. uh, every year around Chinese New Year, I would go on Google and we say, Oh, yeah, wh- what, what, are the, what are the phrases of this year? And then we, we say, and we just say the same one to everybody. But in person, you can't just say the same phrase to every single person. So, you have to remember、mm. like three or four patterns.、Um, so, there's all, all this like ritual around it. And this big Chinese payments app, like Alipay and WeChat Pay, they have a、like、built in mechanism for <laughs> sending this, right? And it's not just like sending like PayPal money, it's more like ceremony around it, even in a digital form, right? Yeah, that's super interesting because、um, obviously in the past people gave cash, right? But now、mm. in China they don't use cash anymore, so、uh, mm. I guess it must be. But y- you- you've had a different ritual. Of sorts.、Um, you, were, you were telling me about it over line.、Uh, why don't you tell the listeners what your ritual was? Oh, about my, my, my middle name troubles. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just fuming at the time. I don't think I have too much to say, but let me just、um, like、preface this by saying that、like, it's a whole lot easier nowadays. To live in Japan as a foreigner than it was like 20 years ago when I first arrived. So, because back then, you know, it was hard to sign up for pretty much anything because I mean, as a foreigner, you were just like one big exception. You were like outside the system and they often didn't know even how to deal with you.、Um, 
And that's not, not really the case anymore. You know, the alien regist- registration system is abolished and, you know, it, it's it's mostly frictionless to live in Japan as a foreigner with a few exceptions. And one of those exceptions is that if if you have a middle name and you need to do any kind of contracts or like transactions where your middle name is required. And so first of all, you don't, you don't have, I assume you don't have a middle name, right? Um. It's easier for me because my name officially is in kanji. Right, right, right. So, I mean, even if I did have one, I I always sign with my kanji name. All of my bank information is in my kanji name. And they they ask you to do the furigana. So Mm. in my bank card, it has my katakana version of my kanji, which is registered nowhere, but I can still use it. Yes, I think middle names are maybe a European or a Western thing, but it's definitely not a thing in Japan, as you say. Like there's no. not, there's never an input field for your middle name, okay, uh, yeah. but for but for official documents, uh, they st- still usually want to record your middle name if you have that, you know, in your passport. They want it to match your passport, so they have to cram your middle name into either the first name or the last name field. Either the before or after the name, or with or without spaces, and the space can be like a single size to double size, which is a whole thing. That's a whole different story. But there can be a surprising number of different possibilities, different ways of like yeah. cramming your your middle name into you know a Japanese system. But anyway, so I had to re verify my PayPay identity a few days ago, and which is not a big deal. Okay. Um, and nowadays, it's really easy to re- to verify your identity online because, you know, we have these My Number cards and they have the IC chips and you can use, you know, the NFC sensor on your phone. It's super easy, super uh, convenient. But after doing that, after verifying my identity on PayPay, I couldn't connect my bank account anymore. And PayPay being like a payments app that basically rendered it unusable right i mean without bank account yeah. i can't you know, pay for anything and i didn't even notice that at first so i think i was standing at like my local bakery or something and buying you know baguette whatever it was and suddenly i couldn't pay and since i ordered always use pay pay um i didn't even have cash or credit card because i normally don't use them right so i just stood there with, with my baguette that i couldn't pay for which was <laughs> but it was a bit embarrassing but um so I had to go back home and troubleshoot, and it turns out you know, predictably, predictably that PayPay had like screwed up my middle name when they copied from the num- my number card. It no longer matched, you know, what what my bank, how my bank had crammed my middle name into into their details. So I had to contact customer support, and they wanted me to email photocopies of my other IDs. And by the way, emailing photocopies of you know passports and stuff, it's not a good. <laughs> good idea in general but often in japan that that's that's how you how they expect you to do it uh, so i spent like a good week emailing back and forth and and ask, answering oh, questions and eventually they they manually updated uh, my account details on there and suddenly everything um worked again and that's you know that was when I was fuming the most and when I was <laughs> sending you angry messages about that. Because I, I realized at the time just how dependent I am on PayPay. Are you are you also a heavy PayPay user? I'm not. I, I'm a credit card person. Oh, I see. Because I wanna I wanna rack up them credit card points. 
But you, okay, it, that, that's fair. But with PayPal, you still get, they have different times, types of points and different campaigns all the time and the various ways. Sometimes you get yeah. up to like 5% or whatnot. But, but more, more importantly, uh, a lot of small shops like your uh, dry cleaner or bakery or flower shop, whatever it is, they take PayPay and cash and that's it. At least I'll tear in the sticks. But what about Sika? Sometimes they do, but, but there are definitely cases where they only take right. PayPay and cash. And I think the reason for that is that the barrier is, I mean, all you need to do to accept PayPay is to print out the QR code, right? You don't need anything, right. any sophisticated, like payment system on your end you just need to print your your qr code so you scan your right. qr code and that's all you need to do to pay so and that's why even your local little flower shop that has like an ancient cash register can still take pay pay yeah and and there are no um transaction fees i believe they weren't at first and that's how they got everyone hooked but nowadays right. they have transaction fees and apparently they're, they're quite high but but they do these <laughs> campaigns okay every once in a while yeah. uh, to make the yeah. merchants stay on the system and to attract new merchants. So I believe PayPay is, if not the biggest, at least one of the one of the very biggest pay, payment systems yeah. in Japan. And I mean, uh, you even use that on, online. So, I mean, if I pay some, for something on a Yahoo auctions or Uber Eats, I, I scan the QR code on the screen with my phone and, and I, it it works yeah. everywhere. It's super convenient. Yeah. Well, coming back to this name thing, I, I used to know a guy. I mean, apparently this is a thing in Indonesia where um, some Indonesians of Chinese descent don't have family names, so they mm. only have one name on their passport. So you can imagine what a nightmare that is. That must be even worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not even in Japan, right? It's like you know, you go to a different country, you have to write your you know given names and and family name. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't have one. So, um, but but it is quite interesting. I think um, that Japan. I feel like Japan is a country that's always obsessed with the West and, and particularly Europe and the United States, um, and for them to be so kind of obsessed with with the western culture but at the same time reject all forms of actually adopting that culture is uh is a paradox and one of the pens that i think really shows this is the new sailor mini pen it's a nice mini slip yeah i was planning that I was planning that. I mean, we've we've droned on for about 10, 15 minutes about about PayPay and last names. So the listeners are are waiting for what what happened to this show. Um, but but I did want to talk about this pen because I think it's super interesting, and you see this really as a trend in um in how Japanese companies name their products. So the last time Sailor came out with something really interesting was the Valio which was like um, two different words. I think it's Vale and Ido yeah. together, and they became Valeo. So that's that, one that way they named so, it. Right? That, is, I mean, that name is so Japanese. You, you have yep. a little like European spice combined with yep. Japanese. Yep. And then you have things like Ilmili, which is I like me, I like you. Mm. or No, I like you, I like me, which is, again, it's a terrible name, but this is how... You know the minds of Japanese marketers think 
and and you know it's it's taken from like english phrases right and then you mm. have the sailor uh slim mini the rencontre and i don't know how they actually say it in in the katakana but it's it's a french word so so they like to take these like european words mm. and just make them names but this pen not only i think is the name very european inspired It kind of looks like Italian pen, doesn't it? That's what's been going around Twitter. I think it looks like a Leonardo. Specifically, it looks like the kind of Leonardos that are sold in Japan. You know that is Japan exclusive yes. Leonardos. Those ones they did for for Kingdom Note, and mm. and yeah, they they have also the the exclusives as you said, with kind of the white and then and then the the colored barrel. It it is a bit of a de- departure from previous slim mini designs. I mean, we have a complaint, or maybe I have a complaint that they just you know shift the saturation or shift the hue a little bit and then call it something new. At least, yeah, it's a little bit different. I like it. I wouldn't buy it, but that, that's just me being cheapskate. But <laughs> I like it. But do you think these will work in the market though? Because One of the things that that struck me, and you very rightly pointed out, it looks like one of those Jap- Japan exclusive Leonardos.、Mm. Um, and as far as I know, those are not super popular here for whatever reason. Yeah, do you think that Sailor, because it's Sailor, and, and maybe it's a, a at a lesser price point for for a gold nib, do you think that's going to make a difference? What I will say about the, these Leonardos is, I don't have the price in front of me, but I recall them being very. Very expensive. Yeah, it's like fifty, sixty thousand yen for a steel nib. Yeah, I think I think someone were even higher than that. But yeah, they, they, I recall them being like surprisingly expensive. I'm not sure how much these are, but you know, obviously the price is going to matter. But they look, di- I think they look different enough that it's going to attract some people. Yeah. But do you know what else is, these pens remind me of? They remind me of those Laban pens. Oh yes, you're right. Yeah, and like, I don't really see those around.、Uh, may- maybe because my circle of pen friends might be very small, but like, I don't really see those pens around. So I-, I just feel like this is a very interesting take on the the pens, and it's it's I don't know. I- I'm very curious to see whether this works because if this does, it will mean that it's mostly the price and the material. And maybe to an extent, the manufacturer name that that sells or that's impacting the sales versus those Leonardos or those Laban pens. So, what is the actual material here? Is this some acrylic? Yeah. So this is hand turned、uh, acrylic, I believe, hand turned resin.、Um, and so that's the the kind of appeal that、uh, every single pen is is a little bit different. And they they did lean in heavily to that marketing, and it, it's quite interesting that as a trend, I think we're seeing Sailor previously were were heavily criticized for always just doing injection molded pens.、Mm. Now they're they're moving to these hand turned pens, which which I think is quite interesting. I think they they maybe don't market enough on the craftsmanship aspect of this.、Um, But th- we've definitely seen a lot more of these hand-turned pens coming out from them. Although that you know they are about three times the price of something you might buy from the U.S., for example. 
it's interesting because this is something Pilot has also done a lot of recently. Obviously, Pilot has a history of doing that with a custom legacy and probably pens older than that. But they did a lot of this recently with, with you know the capless SC with the custom heritage SC, and then they took the very same resin materials and put it on some non-fountain pens as well, like the new friction and so on. I wonder if 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 this is like a broader trend we're seeing, although. Platinum hasn't done anything, but, but yet, as far as I know, but Platinum tend to <laughs> be a bit slower. Yeah, Platinum is the cost-cutting group, right? But, 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 I have to say, maybe they've been ahead of the curve because all the Nakayas are hand-turned. Oh, in a different kind of hand-turned <laughs> different, Yeah, different way. Um, do you think that the kinds of swirly materials that we see like what i'm trying to say is like those jonathan brooks materials you know those ones with like mica powder translucence etc do you think we're going to see more of that in the japanese market do you think they finally caught on to this trend as it's it's you know maybe a bit on the decline in the west that's an interesting question i think yeah, in the West, I think the bar is now higher than it was before because yeah. there's so much of it and there's so many companies selling it. Um, I don't think this is anywhere near the kind of, you know, chateauiancy to use an overused word that, that you see from yeah. Jonathan Brooks and Bob, what was his name? <laughs> I forgot the name. Uh, but McKinsey, that's the, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in a way, it looks like they're kind of lagging behind. And for that reason, maybe, and again, considering the fact that it looks a lot like, like this Japan-exclusive Leonardo's, maybe this is actually kind of meant for the Japanese market. I'm not sure. And I think the the complaint about Japanese pens has always been an interesting nib with a boring body yeah. or an interesting body with a boring nib. Yeah. Right. That That's always been the case. Yeah. And I think in, in this case, I believe the, the, the nibs are still, you know, extremely limited. So I'm seeing that you get the 14 karat gold um, medium fine nib. How, how much do you think that matters? As in, I mean, for us, you know, fanatics, we, we love a good, you know, zoom nib or, you know, a signature nib or whatever. But for a, like a retailer, I wonder how many of those they are selling compared to, you know, fines. That's interesting because um, there is another release I didn't, really intend on talking about but there's a store up in Fukushima called Kino no Koto mm. and they just released a very very beautiful pastel kind of meta shine you know they're doing everything according to the trend and they they released a hundred of these and I remember I was trying to buy these pens and you know, 30 seconds in all the zooms were sold out as I kind of expected and then all the broads are sold out but if you look on their website they only made a hundred of these Mm. Um, medium, fine, and extra fine, they're still in stock. So I don't know if it's because, you know, people don't know about this company. They only have 800 pe- people following them on Instagram mm. or, or if it's some other reason. But at least in this particular case that I saw, 
it seemed that the, the, the wider nibs actually sold out faster, much faster. Yeah, that's interesting because I remember going to, to Marzen and asking them about certain like uh, limited edition pilots and Shishikura pens. And usually what they say is that, you know, the extra fines and fines sell out fast. And sometimes the, the zooms can be among the, the last ones still in stock. Yeah, and, and I agree that that's kind of been the the trend that we've seen in the past. But maybe there's a difference between brick and mortar buyers and online buyers. I think that's I think, very true. Yeah. I think that's very true that, that the brick and mortar buyer might be maybe it's a stereotype, but the more like traditional buying like a, a gift for someone, yeah. while the online buyer is you know the f- one of us, the fanatic. Yeah, and, and the brick and mortar buyer is it could be somebody who who wasn't intending on buying anything like they might not mm. know anything about mm. pens so they'll probably and i think there there's um there's a kind of confirmation bias from the staff as well they kind of say oh yeah you know people like um medium fine so they, they push medium fine to the customer as well mm. but it's it, it's pretty interesting this release i'm reading the press release and they're saying that the the pen name uh, uh which sounds nothing like the French word by the way um, means to uh, to meet uh, or you know have like a day in French and they're talking about how they've developed a new process of creating this material by um, melting two different materials together to make this uh this marbled look and it, it's interesting that they they feel like they want to invest in making different types of materials so mm. they're they're not following like in the u.s you have a lot of these in, independent like people who are pouring their own blanks they're they're actually investing in new technology to to create these pens so yeah it's it's uh it's kind of interesting um i'll say these pens are not for me but i think they could be very good for i think they have a very feminine taste them maybe because of the white uh and Mm. and the color blocking so yeah this could be a good release i'm i'm still interested in seeing how this pen fares yeah but not only do sailor look to the west they also look at home um and i'm talking about this these series of inks that are inspired by food have you seen the furikake uh furikake inks so i thought this was a pen to note exclusive but it's set not the case is this like a proper sailor release um it's not a proper sailor release but i think i saw it on um Penda Maestro as well. So Kobashi oh, okay. is is selling this at least. It must have been commissioned by this company, Mishima. Mm, and then okay. they're they're just having a bunch of retailers hold them at least. But yeah, Penda Maestro, I'm, I'm looking five hours ago they, they did a post on Yukari, which yeah, I don't even know what that is. Um and then yeah, as you said, Pentanoto was uh was carrying these inks as well. So let me ask you, would you buy a food-themed ink? Do you think that's, like, part of the charm, part of the appeal? Or yeah, would, would you buy 
a ink that you would not otherwise buy because it's food themed. I think most of us now have so many inks in every color of the rainbow that it, it, the, the, the barrier is now very high. I and mean, it's, it's hard to be excited about the new ink, but the thing that is that will, could make me buy this, maybe not for myself, but, as, but for someone else is the humor value, right? I, I don't even care what the color is. I might not even open the bottle. I would buy this just to have a good laugh and give it to someone. It's, this is the meme ink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because we, we don't see... Like, we see a lot of inks, I feel like, in Japan that are kind of evoking seasons or locations mm. or whatever. But we don't see a lot of, like, humorously named inks unless it's Tonal Limbs. I think Tonal Limbs has a lot of those, like, dad joke inks. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we look at Sailor, it's like Kamogawa or... You know, like, like you know, Yukino, like, whatever. Mm. But here, I think it's one of these rare sailors um, that is kind of playful. And the other ones that I can think of is um, those inks that they bring out at Bungajoshi with the izakaya inks that you can only buy at um, events. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. It doesn't really matter what the colors are. I mean... You buy them to have a good laugh, and I think that's an excellent reason to buy anything. Yeah, so I I, I thought these were fun um, little little inks that mm. we can talk about. Um, moving on, I want to uh, talk a little bit about platinum because we haven't gotten a chance to really get together uh, after the price increases in platinum, but. For the longest time, we've talked about this before in the podcast. For the longest time, uh, there were three pens that were in contention for your first gold nib, right? Mm. There was the Century 3776, um, there was a Pilot uh, 74, and then there was the um, the Promenade from Sailor. Mm. Promenade doesn't exist anymore now. It's the, the slim size, and the 74, I think, is around 1,500, 1,600 um, 16,000 yen and platinum's 3776 now is officially over uh, 20,000 yen do you think I think the question is does this psychological barrier of 20,000 yen um, mean that it will become less appealing for for buyers to get the 3776 we talked a lot about inflation, which is finally happening in Japan, but the, the salaries haven't gone up <laughs> accordingly, yeah. right? So, well, actually, let, let's look at the competition. What is what else is available for twenty thousand yen if you go to like a general like Itoya? Yeah. So, so there are I think there are two pens in contention right now. Uh, first is the Pilot seventy four, mm. which I believe hovers around the the 15,000 ish uh mark i can mm. check right now but um yeah it's it's uh the regular ones are um 13,000 mm. and then the the course nibs and music nibs are 15,000 yeah i think this is i mean i think you know in a few, in a in a few months time we will have to revisit this because pilot as i wrote in my year on post pilot is the only pen maker that hasn't officially announced at least as of december hadn't officially announced any price increases they have 
kind of done it uh, indirectly because we talked about the Hanna Schobe pen, which was 20% more expensive than the previous one. So they are increasing prices, but they haven't done that across the board in the same way as Sailor has and Platinum has. I think has, they did, though. I think they did. I think it came into effect January 1st. Um, there was a worldwide increase of about 15 to 20%. Cause, um, la- this time last year, the 74 was, uh, 13,000 yen. So th- I think they did, but it wasn't as dramatic. And I think we, we, we kind of didn't notice it because mm. it didn't pass. I mean, the, the, the first digit stayed the same, you know? There's still mm. one. But now, Platinum has broken the barrier and, and the first edition now says two. And so you have, you know, the, the spiritual successor of the promenade, which is the Prophet Light. That's 13,000 yen. The 74 is 13,000 yen. And the 3776 is 20,000 yen. Or 22,000 yen, including tax. So you've, you've got a big difference here. And I think there could be an argument that the, the 3776 has a bigger nib. So there's more gold content in there. But if you look at the Pilot 742, I think that's where their competition is now. The 70, uh, 742 is 22,000 yen still. Um, so you're right. Pilot didn't increase their prices on on the you know the 742 so the size 10 and ups mm. but um but that's who they're competing with now and and so you have a choice between the the size 10 pilot or the century 3776 i don't think the 376 has ever really been compared to 742 i agree i mean just looking at the nib size uh, there's an argument to be made there but i think as you said before, it has been 74 versus 3776 versus Promenade. For some reason, even though 3776 has a bigger nib, yep. it, it was compared maybe because of the price to yeah. the others. So I, I guess the question now is, can the 3776 compete with the big boys? I mean, I think the Sailor... The, the large size profit is just out of the question in terms of price point. So I don't think it's a apples to apples comparison. Mm. But now you can do a fair comparison 742 and the 3776. And to me, the pilot blows the 3776 out of the water every single day. Mm. In terms of nib choices, you know, there, there's so many different nib choices, mm. as well as just general pen quality, right? Because the 742, that, that's a great pen that's a that's a great pen that's like a mm. that's a great pen for somebody who's been collecting for 10 20 years yeah I, i'm struggling a little bit to understand what platinum is actually doing you know when i wrote my year-end post you know i was trying to figure out you know what has pilot done this year was sailor done this year what has platinum done this year i was mm-hmm. struggling to find anything significant that platinum has really done the, had done in 2022 i mean obviously they are by far the, the smallest one they have very limited resources but usually they like in previous years they've had more interesting releases i get the impression that they're kind of slowing down i'm not sure what's going on yeah and i think part of the reason why that was is they've leaned pretty heavily on the shunke uh the mm. the fuji 
releases. And this year they did, I think at the beginning of the year, they did The Shape of Heart. But I think they did that in March, so they completely missed Valentine's Day. And then they did The Decade, but it was actually the 11th year. Um, so they did those two releases. Black, well, I mean, The, the uh, Shape of Heart had, had something pretty interesting for for a more feminine touch but still I, I think the the lack of theme points to maybe a little bit of a lack of creativity there hmm yeah it's it's a company we would like to see more from and we talked about that before but we are waiting for them to revive or rather like do something more interesting with the curators that kind of I don't know yeah so so that's another question because they must they spent like five years developing the Cure Dust. They must have spent tons and tons of money on this, and they yeah. expected this to be a bestseller. Mm. Well, history has told us, I mean, hindsight has told us that um, it has not. So this hit to the wallet, I think, probably um, means that they need to recoup some of that, uh, both in pricing and maybe mm. also means that they're, they're a little bit more risk averse now to to developing new products, which which is a shame, which is which is a real shame. Yeah, especially since the Curas, it feels like the Curas is like eighty percent there. They have a mechanism that seems to work. Obviously, there were problems with the cracks, and maybe the pen overall is too big and so on. But it feels like they have this. It's like a kernel that is good, and and yeah. they, they need to iterate a bit a bit more and make a great product out of it. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, I certainly hope that they're going to, you know, keep making new things. We'll see what happens this year, but maybe these two to three years will be a make or break for them. Mm. Beyond that, uh, kind of related to to Platinum is Nakaya. Um, and Nakaya did something quite interesting at the end of last year. They stealth released a completely new shape. Have you seen this pen? No, I I don't usually follow Nakai that close. What is this? I think they call it the Tsumugi. Um, and it's kind of... You know how they have the Decapod, right? Yeah. So um, the Decapod uh, has for a long time been their, I suppose, one of their only faceted pens. Um, but now they created this new one. And what surprises me the most is the price. I'm going to send you a link. So they have it in, in a bunch of different uh, finishes. They have it in Piccolo. Oh, and they have one. Actually, they, they have several different models. But anyways, it, it's all the same. It's kind of like this multifaceted kind of, um, kind of honeycomb shape uh, that, that they're doing. Yeah, I assume that this is pretty difficult and expensive to make. So I assume this. Uh, I didn't look at the price. It looks expensive to me. So it's it's a hundred and twelve thousand yen, mm. which I feel like it's not that far away from from the rest of their offering. Because if you look at if you look at the jukaku, it, that's ninety nine thousand yen. Um, so I feel like it's it's actually really really similar to to what they're already offering but the work on this must just be you know infinitely more difficult yeah and it's and it's such a good finish to showcase taminuri on right yeah yeah they've really got 
something good here and, and the price is it this is is shocking me and how how would they do this because each part is also faceted and it's most obvious on the asanoha finish mm. but each individual piece is faceted so they must have whoever is fastening these i mean that's a lot of polishing hours yeah for sure and yeah i don't even know how they can manage to to do this finish but i i thought this was worth a mention that they started making this uh this new model and, and it's not well advertised but it is there yeah it, it looks it looks great uh, and i've never really been been big of much of a Nakara fan. I'm not sure why I read it, but this pen looks great to me. Yeah, so I did want to give them a shout out for for that. And Nakaya increased their prices recently across the board, but um, but this this pen, I think I think it's it's value for, or it's value in comparison to the rest of their their lineup. Yeah, for sure. Thumbs up. All right. Um, did you go to the new MD event that they had uh over the weekend last weekend, or two weekends ago? I didn't go to any MD event, but I went today on a, on my way home from my evil dentist. I stopped by uh, Lofts in Ginza, you know, on the fifth floor. There's a lot of stationary stuff going on there on the fifth floor now. And they had all of these 15th anniversary special goods, you know, the notebook with these various embossed covers and the new memo pads and all that. And I saw that yeah. and that looks very appealing. Yeah, I, I I went to. Um, apparently, it's the fifteenth uh, anniversary of MD Paper, mm. and uh, I went to their anniversary event. It was held in the Spiral, and it, it was a nice event. I think it's it's very um, it's a very commercial event. Um, so they had those embossed uh, embossed um, uh, notebooks. Mm. So I I bought one in A six. I thought it was nice. Um, they were also showcasing some leather, so they had like different um, leather covers made mm. from different animals. So they had like horse leather, they had um, they had uh, goat leather, etc., etc. And, and that that was quite interesting. Um, that was quite nice. They they showed how each leather ages as well. So that that was pretty cool. Um, but a little thing that I was a bit disappointed at is that, I mean, they are really just reprints of the same products that they have I, I didn't feel like i saw anything new mm. um for their 15th anniversary you know it wasn't like they announced a new type of paper they were making mm. um it was really just the same old md and uh apparently um sometimes guest on this podcast quay mm. she she told me that she had asked the people at md at the event mm. you know please bring back the cotton paper in the standard size because you know they only sell the cotton paper in the f sizes now right right and the response is ah oh, yeah we're we're considering it we're kind of looking into it um and you know in japan that pretty much means no <laughs> it's yeah. like ah kento shimasu so you know i i thought some of the covers were pretty cool mm. i like that they were they were working with community uh and artists to to design these covers i i, I feel like there's something a little bit more that I, I would have liked. Mm. Well, there's one new product they did release. I'm not sure if if it's considered like a 15th anniversary release or it's just this, you know, like a coincidence. But uh, I bought today the new Midori dip pen 
which, ah, okay. which uh, Kwe told us about, was it in December? I think, you know, we, we talked also in the year-end episode about how, uh, yep. how 2022 was basically the year of the, the dip end, right? You had the Kakimori, yep. you had Pilot, you have Sailor. And, and toward the end of the year, Midori released this pen. But I didn't see it in the stores until now. So I picked up one now. And this pen is interesting for a few reasons. So first of all, the barrel, which is faceted, by the way, kind of nice. The barrel mm-hmm. is... Said, it's said to be um, environmentally friendly because it's made from some biodegradable composite material made from like recycled paper and some poly, 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 you know, chemical compounds, yeah. whatever it is. Um, We're not scientists. In the hand. Um, but <laughs> the, the packaging is all plastic. And there's a lot of plastic in the packaging. <laughs> so I felt like they shot themselves in the foot a bit there. Um, well, that that's the thing about Japan, right? I mean, Japan has some of the world's most crazy, like, um, recycling rules. Yeah. Like, you can only take... Like, if I throw away a bottle, I have mm. to remove the cap and and take off all the, the wrapping and stuff, even though, you know, the cap is usually secured by this little ring, and that mm. ring is still on the bottle. Um, and all these crazy things. And so... You know, some some people think that Japan is really like forward in terms of recycling, but then every single like chocolate that you buy in in a box of chocolates will come with individually plastic wrapped. Oh yeah, there's plastic everywhere. Like, <laughs> so it it's it's so it, it's such a Japanese like corporate thing to do to be like, oh yeah, we're doing something environmentally friendly, blah blah blah, blah and then wrap it all in plastic. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, Bit of a lost opportunity there. Um, yeah. Maybe they will improve on it. The other thing which I found interesting was the nib. So this is basically like a standard nib holder, like the, the metal f- yep. ferrule. It's the yep. standard shape. You could potentially put like a kakimori nib or whatever on it. And, but it has this Midori nib, which is the same nib as on their fountain pen, which I, if you recall, we talked about. Yes, the Romanian fountain pen. Yeah. And the nib, the whole nib is slightly curved down. It's, it's not just like the, the, the tip like on, on the post, but the whole nib is kind of curved down a bit. Yep. Looks a bit unusual. And according to like the, the, the product description, this makes the, the nib smooth from all angles. But I found it to be the exact opposite. I found this nib to be more <laughs> sensitive to angle than your normal straight nib in that I have to hold it at a very low angle for it to write well. If I if I have it at, at my normal writing angle or slightly higher, it gets very scratchy. Which is super interesting because I feel like Asian East Asian people at least usually hold their pens at a higher writing angle, yeah, like sixty to seventy degrees. Um, whereas in the West, I think it's more like from around the forty to fifty degrees. Mm. So so that that's super weird to me. Um, and also, you know, Pilot had this idea that a a different angle mm. could, you know, result in smoothness. But they obviously went in the Waverly direction, which is the other way, right? And then their posting nib is supposed to be extra fine and extra feedback, and that's the one that points downwards. Exactly. So it's really interesting that they they came up with with this curved nib that uh that is actually curved downwards. But yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a miss. Yeah, it's, it's very very confusing. I, I don't really get it. But there's one thing that is, I think, is positive. 
I only got it like a few hours ago, so I haven't tested it much. But one thing I noticed is that ink doesn't seem to sort of run off the nib as quick as it does on like like a, a Pilot Irutsushi. It seems as if like the, the curvature somehow traps the ink or it sort of helps the surface tension. Uh, let me send you a photo to show what I mean. Yeah, like it, it kind of scoops up a little bit. Exactly. So it prevents it from falling. So yeah, I that, just that's interesting. took a little photo of that. It seems as if you can write a bit longer because of that. It also seems like it's going to drip down to the page. Yeah, yeah. I, so I guess it's probably sensitive to what kind of ink you have. So if it's... Yeah. Yeah. So I have to do more experiments, but but that seems to be be a positive thing. But I think it's a bit too expensive for this. So this this one is like two thousand two hundred yen, which you know. For that, uh, you would buy one of the Sailor Hokoros, right? Yeah, we can get a Hokoro if that. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, like ten out of ten times. Yeah. It's, it's it's an interesting product, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But but they also had some inks, so so that that's pretty interesting. They're leaning just a little bit into it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you just took this photo, uh, you know, with your iPhone or something, with your with your Android phone. <laughs> um, this is my home studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So MD, uh, pretty cool. Um, they, they they had they had this 15 year, but maybe they could do a little bit more. Maybe they could you know research a little bit more. Um, for, for their release. Mm, for sure. Yeah. And by the way, one thing I always wish I would have is a loose leaf paper. I mean, I don't expect yeah. them to release that anytime soon. And the closest they have is this like uh, note pad, but it's glued mm-hmm. both horizontally and vertically, which means that as you tear off paper, it curls. At least that's in my uh, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah, mm. um, maybe this is something that you'd have to directly kind of order from Midori. I don't know. I know they're they're well. I don't know, but I, I assume that you might be able to make notebooks just like how Hiroko makes some tsubame notebooks. Yeah, but I suspect um, the lot sizes yeah. would be <laughs> yeah beyond our, our capacity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. M- maybe not in terms of the price, but in terms of like the amount of paper that. Uh, that you would be willing to have in your house. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, on the manufacturer front, um, Pilot did a collaboration with Eric Small Things, where they created this kind of like um, iPhone background or uh, Android phone background, and front and center is the ink, but then you have the the Kakuno and um. And and some like uh, like seventy four and the vanishing point as well, I believe. So do you have um, a link to this? I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, let me let me send that to you. So it it's actually advertised um, right on Pilot Corporation's Instagram, but I'm gonna send you a link right now to it. And it's super interesting because ink is like twenty five percent of this picture. You have the cartridges, you have the classic bottles, and you have the Iro Shizuku bottles, which, by the way, she did such a good job on this. Oh, this and then, is cute. I like it. Yeah. Oh, and then you have the blue-black cartridges. But every single object that is adjacent to the inks are, like, they're like Dr. Grips, Juice Ups, <laughs> Frictions. 
And then finally, you have the Kakuno, the VP, and the Custom 74. So, yeah, maybe, maybe Alessa's right. Maybe Ink is, is on the rise, even without fountain pens. Yeah, I mean, that's just clearly been in the, the, the trend we've seen over the last few years. I mean, we, we, I mean, we talked extensively about this, but we thought that, you know, is that all roads would lead to fountain pens, but that doesn't seem to be the case. But here's what's the interesting thing about it. There's one product that you can use these inks with without a fountain pen, and it's not on here. Yeah, maybe it's not quite as uh, Instagrammable as the others. <laughs> it's the Iro Utsushi. But yeah, I, I think this collaboration is is kind of pilot. I mean, not that Eric Smalltings is, is huge in Japan. So, so I'm not surprised they did this collaboration with her. But I like that they're they're working again. You know, as I said, with with artists to mm. to come up with this kind of stuff, and I I really do think it's it's a good way to kind of say thank you also to the community that that supports them in their in their um in their work and in their products. So I really really do appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's really cute. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I want to end the podcast. Just with with the topic that I read on Reddit today, and okay. I was asking, um, it was this person. He was asking, or or he or she was asking, um, I want to buy uh, some pen. I think it's like a E ninety five S on eBay. What are the chances that I'm gonna get a counterfeit pen, or how can I make sure I don't get a counterfeit pen? So, you know, you and I, uh, maybe less now, but I think we are um, experienced dwellers of, uh, of Yahoo Auction and Merikari. Mm. And we, we have a lot of experience buying secondhand pens from maybe, you know, less than reputable locations. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, but, but at least in my case, the owner that bought it from, from Japan, only Merikari uh Rakama Fril, if anyone remembers that, and uh, Yahoo Auctions. And it has never ever even occurred to me that I might get a counterfeit product. So have you ever gotten a counterfeit product? No, uh, no. Uh, as far as I know, if it was counterfeit, then it was so well made, I, I didn't realize it. But uh, it, it never occurred to me that that was even a a consideration, a risk. At least not, if it, I mean, maybe if I'm buying on eBay, but in Japan, no, I mean, yeah. no. So I, I feel like, um, unless it's a Mont Blanc, there isn't really that big of a risk to get counterfeit products. I mean... I, I I think at most you see like rebrands of like Jinhaus that mm. might have different names, but counterfeit I, I really don't see a lot in pens. So, but one thing I would say about Mercury in particular is that if we talk about fountain pens, there are really like two categories, broader two mm. categories of sellers. You have people who are just like selling off stuff that they don't they don't know what it is or they they don't want need it anymore and they take like potato camera photos and it's all very cheap and it's all secondhand usually scratch up and so on and then you have the second category which is what in Japanese is called like sedori which is basically just buy cheap you know from China or elsewhere and selling it at a profit right. Um, 
And I wouldn't be surprised, or I think it would be conceivable that some of those products are not maybe always what they seem to be. But what I always do, and this is maybe what I, what I would never, what I've never, you know, encounter any counterfeit products. Whenever I search on Mercari, I always untick new condition. I don't want to see anything in new condition because then I get all of these Sedori sellers that are trying to sell something at, you know, a premium. Yeah, and it's usually some kind of junk yeah. as well. Um, I actually have purchased a counterfeit item before, obviously by accident. Um, it's actually a little bit embarrassing too, but uh, I purchased a Mont Blanc cap and I really just didn't pay enough attention mm. to it when I was when, when I was looking at, at it. It was like 6,000 yen, so it doesn't really even make a difference. It was about three years ago. Um, but I did purchase a, a counterfeit item. And um, obviously then I went back to the seller and said, hey, um, this is not a genuine product. And they started you know going off on me, as you can imagine. Um, so we had to go to um, Yahoku. So I resolved it through Yahoku. I, I didn't get any money back, uh, unfortunately. But um, I think the main thing here to look out for is just make sure you do your research. Um, and especially when it comes to Mont Blanc, if it's not a Mont Blanc pen, I would say 99.99% of the times, you're not really going to be able to even encounter a counterfeit because... It's just really not worth producing a counterfeit pen that costs like where the retail costs like a hundred dollars. So, yeah. Actually, one thing I have seen, uh, I, I just recall is, I'm not sure if this falls on a counterfeit, but I've seen people selling like gin house pens, and they say that this is carefully handmade, one by one by experienced artisans. I've seen yeah, that. well, if the artisans yeah, are machines, then they're yeah. technically not wrong. And in one of those cases, I very politely pointed out that this, this, this is not what you think it is. And then the poor seller said, oh, I have been... I have been uh, Deceived. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I've, seen, I've seen on Instagram, for example, ads let's say the same thing someone is trying to sell Jin Hao pants and they say these are handmade by experienced Japanese you know craftsmen well there is another company that we know that does this it starts with a W and ends with Chur <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. and, and we do know that they, they have some interesting glass pens um, <laughs> but but yeah, other than that, I think it's just so rare mm. to to encounter something like this in the pen world, at least. Mm. And they're not like bags, right? They're not like, you know, I went to Korea and then mm. instead of uh, instead of Gucci bags, they were selling Gucci bags. Oh yeah, yeah, with, with the C, right? So, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised on on eBay that anything goes, especially if you're buying from from some other country where the, the rules and regulations may be differently. I think if you're buying America, you know, you need to verify your identity and so on. And I, I, I my experience with America has been nothing but good. I just bought now, I, I got a Platinum 3776 
with a Korsnib and an old sailor with a 21k nib for like 5,000 yen from a seller. And they included a, a little thank you note. And they're like, thank you for everything. And I included some extra extra ink cartridges. And it was so cute. It was so carefully wrapped. And it was yeah. Japanese in the best possible way. And next day shipping. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with eBay, you have the eBay's um, buyer protection, mm. which is pretty strong for the for the buyer um i wouldn't worry too much about it unless unless it's a mont blanc then um even mont blancs i've bought like dozens like literal mm. dozens right it, it might even be close to like 50 mont blancs on on um yahoo auction and, mm. and medicare and, and i have one bad purchase so mm. I think it's it's not really uh too big of a concern you just need to make sure you you do your research yeah all right, shall we end it there for today? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, then. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for for tuning in and listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the the rambling in the in the beginning of the <laughs> the episode. But you know, it's a, it's a good way to to learn a little bit about you know the quirkiness of of living in Japan that you won't get from the guidebooks. Um, but yeah, with that being said, please uh, spread the word. Uh, help us uh, get discovered by people who don't yet listen to the podcast and uh and we'll see you guys next time uh my name is cy you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com on instagram and tiktok at tokyostationpens and on twitter at tokyostationmnh and my name is jacob i'm food fan on instagram and i should really create a mastodon account eventually but <laughs> <laughs> can't be bothered right now all right and we'll see you next time bye-bye bye-bye